Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hey fam, welcome to Hey Fam. My name is Levins. My name is Angus. Nailed yes. it, buddy. Fucking First nailed time. it. Uh, on tonight's show, we're going to be discussing uh, your questions with our answers. That's right. We finally checked our HeyFam <laughs> hey podcast at gmail.com. We haven't checked it in months, and turns out there are a stack of questions in there. Had so, to remember uh, that password. Had to remember our mother's maiden name. We had to remember our first Martha. Pet. Yeah, Martha. <laughs> and then we fought each other, and then we stopped <laughs> fighting when I remembered it was Martha. I uh, remember where we went to school, and what else? What's the other one? Oh, first pet. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we've, we've got a whole mess of questions to answer, so we'll do that later on the show. Plus, we're going to be uh, giving our impressions having finished Uncharted 4. Yeah, so Uncharted last episode, the I think we were like a day or two into it, or at least thereabouts, mm. and we finished it, and we boy, we have some thoughts about that. So, uh, obviously, there'll be lots of spoilers, but not until the very end of the episode, so if you haven't played it yet, you uh, can listen to... All of the episode until then without anything being spoiled. And also listen to an auxiliary episode because this week Levens was a guest on Filthy Casuals, the Tony Dasilo egg video game oh, yeah, podcast the, the, show. The, the, the podcast formerly known as Tony Dasilo and the Gamer Boys. Which was formerly known as uh, who, who, who Deleted My Save File on Superman 64. My name's Tommy Dasilo and these are my friends. This is my video game podcast. It was just way too long. So uh, it didn't our, work. our good friend and previous HeyFam guest, Tommy Dasilo, yep. runs a video game podcast from Melbourne with his mates, Ben Vanell and Adam Knox. Uh, unfortunately, Ben Vanell was not there while I was in Melbourne, but I, I, I uh, was a guest on Filthy Casuals. We talked about Uncharted and uh, a bit of Nintendo yep. stuff. Ratchet and Clank, all that good stuff we talked all about that last good week. Good stuff, and also you might have caught Tommy Daslo in the flesh at HeyFam Live, uh, doing I'd say a career-turning performance as Turtle in our un- un- uh, Entourage script. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm still the ideas are churning for the next episode. Yeah, actually, you know what? We we might we might We're be due for a live show. We are due for a live show. Yeah, still, still Saunders, another guest, was texting me this week saying, "When's the next live show? What character would you make him be in Entourage?" think still Saunders. Oh, great. Lining up for a Star Wars movie or something. Maybe he could be, you know how like when they do a sequel to something or like, yeah, like the Entourage movie. He could how play himself. Well, it's like someone like interviewing Vinny and that, that's, how you, that's how you sum up all the things that have happened. Still, if you're listening to this and I know you are, subplot for next episode is Vinny's auditioning for episode eight. <laughs> You have to interview him I, and you're not into it. I can't wait to like write his dialogue and fuck up his catchphrase. Like, hey, you people. We're going to have so much fun with this. <laughs> and the thing is, people are paying to see this. <laughs> Perfect. My favorite kind of way to rip people off. Yeah. Um, so, we mentioned last week's episode and Nintendo. And uh, we're going to kick off the episode with some 
funny Nintendo news. There was a big meeting, a financial meeting. Yeah, shareholders meeting, you know, like you can dial into these things if you're a shareholder. And Are you? No, but I recently found out a friend yeah, of mine is... this is fucking amazing news. Um, I don't want to speak about... I don't want to say who it is. Can we I'm, just say that they were, they were once a guest on HeyFam? They're hey a Fam. guest on HeyFam. So, Fam, a previous HeyFam guest. And they're also part of HeyFam Live. If you want really to look at those ticket stubs, if you want to find out who signed your autograph book that night, you can whittle it down. I won't say what sex they are. I will say that they actually own shares in Nintendo. Did not. I spoke to them. They did not call in. Um... You know, this is how a lot of Star Wars news is found out when Disney do a stockholders meeting. When Bob Iger does it, you can actually phone up if you're you, you, you're entitled to and listen to the announcements coming. Now, Nintendo did theirs this week, and a few big takeaways from that was that, uh, uh, as we heard last week, we spoke about how Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem are jumping to mobile very soon, two very popular Nintendo franchises. They won't be ports of DS or 3DS versions. They're going to be built from the ground up. Uh, he made a really big point, uh, Kimishima, the pr- new president of Nintendo, saying they're not watered down, ground up, but they can interact. They will interact with what will be the NX mm-hmm. and they will be interacting with 3DS as well. So the technology is already there. Uh, that's exciting. What's also exciting is Nintendo have confirmed they will be doing, which I think we kind of knew already with their announcement uh I don't think we spoke about it on HeyFam, but they made a deal with Universal Studios that they will still be doing... Uh, sorry, soon be doing theme park style. Yeah, so you're going to be able... they will probably be like a Mario, Mario Kart, Kart ride race. or there something like that. There has to be a Mario yeah, Kart yeah. ride or like a Hyrule Castle or something like that, which would be amazing. Um, they're going to start making films. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure whether this is in tandem with Hollywood. I mean, we've seen in the past the Mario Brothers attempt, RIP, Bob Hoskins. And there was um, an interview that directly asked about... The Mario Brothers movie, and they were yes. like, "No, we we may not necessarily be doing live action." No, and I think that's for the best. Um, I mean, we saw Bowser in Wreck It Ralph. That's true, and he's in the you know bad guy anonymous scene. And what was funny about that, the one takeaway I remember was Nintendo gave notes, so it was very rare that Nintendo would license out a character. Apparently, um, they was like, "You can use Mario too," but the Wreck It Ralph guys couldn't find a scene that would do Mario justice because I mean, Mario, it's like. I mean, that would have been like having the Mickey and Bugs Bunny scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know? Yeah, totally. It's too hard. I, th- I think they were almost threatened. Or they, they, you know, they were like, we can't live up to the hype. But apparently Nintendo gave notes on how Bowser held his coffee and the notes where he does not... Bowser wouldn't hold his coffee like that and had to give... <laughs> expl- and that's why you and I keep buying Amiibos because they, they say things like that. So good. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. With the announcement of Nintendo movies, I mean, Mario comes to mind, but I mean... Yeah, Angus, what, what what Nintendo franchises would make good movies? I mean, look, I was a big... Are we talking just straight up first party? Well, we used to have a, a, a silly little segment, like all of our segments. Dreamcast. That, that short-lived. Well, let's we do, do them three let's times. Let's put the sting in right the now. Ultimate Dreamcast. I don't even remember how the Dreamcast sting goes. Well, let's play it right now. I think I'm editing this one, so I probably won't put it in. Sorry. I'll send it tonight when I get home. <laughs> Dreamcast. Look, I know that, I, I know that they're going to have to... Nintendo obviously going to, as we know, they're very cautious with their brand and how it's used. But we've seen recently that uh, a couple of the gold posts in uh, Nintendo's, well, no, the, the leash on Nintendo's license has loosened a bit. There's still a leash on there, but it's a bit more of an experimental leash. Whereas before, I think it was a leather collar. It's more of a, a stitched rainbow collar now. You know what I mean? Like it's the parents are a bit cool with this. The new parents of Nintendo. They've put a, they've put a cool brooch on the collar. They could have put a cool brooch. They've also put a political slogan on the back. Like it's a very obvious. Uh, don't shit on me. Thank you very much. Don't don't blue turtle shell me. Something like that. 
I would love a word-for-word remake of Van Wilder Party Liaison, but with Funky Kong. Uh, the cool <laughs> dude who's always airboarding, wearing that badass bandana, definitely fingering Candy Kong. Remember the chick that was kind Real. of essentially his right-hand woman? Remember she just kind of presented items to you at the end of levels? It was his Adriana from Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going for. And I was like, should we go local? Are we too world world star right now to go? I'm like, no, let's go local. She was his Anne-Marie to his aggro, if you will. The Ranger Stacy to Gibbo. I don't know. I mean, we could play this for hours. But I would love a, I would love a Funky Kong movie. Why is he funky? <laughs> is it because he was born with that name and he had to become funky? Because he is. Does Joyride from the Meeting Tree think Funky Kong is funky? I think he would voice... I mean, I'm, I don't want to cast for Nintendo, but I would be really at least like him to a shadow whoever will be playing Funky Kong or at least, you know, voice if it is animated. I mean, Funky Kong is essentially the guy who says one night, when I grow up, I want to run a bar with my best mate and actually does it and then ends up being like a hostel-like owner. Like... Not that that's a bad thing. Plus, he can still race. Plus, he can still race. I'm into Funky Kong. I want a Funky Kong Van Wilder remake. Okay, so that's probably not going to be the first movie they make up out the gate. This could be a spin-off. This could be their Rogue One. I'm giving them a Rogue One. I don't want to. I don't want to have the burden. You can do the JJ work in this. You can do the heavy lifting. <laughs> you can reboot a Nintendo series uh, of films. So I've, I've obviously thought way too seriously about this because I don't think. I feel like Nintendo are scared. Wait, are you of using Mar- the Philips CD as canon? The Zelda films? Is that did that already happen in this? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so I feel like Nintendo are a bit scared of using the Mario franchise in general at the moment. We mm-hmm. haven't seen that fully fledged Mario game on their console in a long, long time. I mean, the last time was what we said last episode. Mario week. Galaxy Two. Galaxy Two to yeah. me is that that's the last real big big boy Mario game. And I feel like that you know they didn't come out the gate for mobile with uh, with a Mario game like everyone thought they would. Like yep. it seems like the obvious thing, but they, they don't want to do Mario in untested waters. So I feel like we're not going to get a Mario movie straight away, right? I don't think they will either. The most obvious one, though, that I feel like they will go out there with every like has as big a fan base as Mario is Zelda. One hundred percent. And I mean, if I'm being serious, I want a Zelda. Movie. You weren't being serious. Well, no, I'm being super serious, but now, now I'm being a Nintendo... You're being slightly less serious now. I'm being a Nintendo stakeholder serious now. Surefire moneymaker. You yeah. make a Zelda movie. It's, like, got, it's got to be the first thing they make, right? I mean, IGN have been doing April Fool's pranks since forever with fake trailers. I mean, we want One it. time, Angus. One time. Well, they rehash it every year because <laughs> you know, they love seeding their own content over and over again. But uh, yeah, Zelda's a no-brainer. I mean, I, I would totally watch a Zelda movie. And you know what? The good thing is... I mean, everyone's thinking shared universes. Couple movies down the line, you got Super Smash Brothers, the movie. That's I mean, How? that would be fucking insane. Be amazing if they tried to do a Nintendo shared universe. I'm calling it now. They need Super Smash Brothers. I mean, we know Miyamoto always said that the characters are actors, and that's why you know Bowser sometimes plays the bad guy, but also sometimes races against Mario and Luigi side by side. I mean, they could really. I mean, or oh, they could do a curb thing, like behind the scenes, like have. Mario playing Mario and act and and cut the games over go home and let Mario living his life in, in a share house with Bowser or something. Also, oh, not a shared universe, a share house, shared universe, but also you know like this is us when the games stop. Like I know they they, they won't do it. You know they're gonna be. I mean a Mario movie. I mean it's hard. They've already done it, and I think it's kind of like got status in the sense that Return to Oz has status, like a weird dark fantasy movie. Well, I think yeah, you have to ignore that movie if you want to do another Mario movie. I think. True, but I mean... And I feel like it's, it's it's the ultimate movie that like cries out for the, you know, Phil Lord, Chris Miller treatment that, you know, that, that impossible Lego movie turning yeah, no, turning something that right. everyone doubted into, into something that actually works. And like making fun of the source material in yeah, a lighthearted way like absolutely. they did with Lego. Like, 
you know, the fact you can you know, stick gum on the back of Lego pieces and stuff like but, that. But also part of me just wishes, like, wants them to just be completely Japanese with it, not do Hollywood style. Well, that's what they're saying. I mean, I just put up... Kimishima did an interview this week immediately after kind and of... he is the... He's the new president of Nintendo mm-hmm. uh, post uh, the Iw- Iwataverse, which was a fantastic run. I mean, saw the Wii, saw the DS, saw the 3DS... Or the way you and the thing that you put on your finger that f- fills your heart rate that we never got. We never got that, and that's a bit that's a bit mean. I mean, uh, taken from us very young. But th- this week he also did an interview, I guess, post. Uh, oh, so the other big news was Nintendo offloaded their uh, Seattle Mariners, which was a bu- uh, baseball, the baseball team, team that, that they, they had shares like, in. It was like sixty percent shares in. Sixty percent shares. Yeah, 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 yeah. They sold all that. Yeah, so it sounds like um, Kimishima is coming here, just doing a lot of kind of. Well, I don't want to be the bad guy here, but I'm going to start making some changes, but. They're really 2016 changes. Like, they're things that I think old Nintendo would just not even consider thinking. Apps, it, theme parks, movies. Stuff that you and the I... The things I love the most about video so games. Things that you and I are <laughs> going to keep these guys afloat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, they had an interview with Asahi News, which is like a national newspaper in Japan, and pointed out that when companies license out their characters for movies, they don't directly spend money and mentioned how picture or image business would be a new venture now that the Mariners deal was closed. And Asahi News kind of guest said, well, what, are you talking about movies? And he said, yeah, talking about movies. And, you know, maybe not necessarily working with Hollywood or something like that, but we can, you know, we're still exploring that area of these characters now existing outside of the realm. And it's kind of like with Marvel and Disney, I guess, like you get kids shows like Tony Stark and the Avengers, Iron Man, you know, you get totally. this kind of, yeah, yeah. which a- is great. And then you can go to the theme park, go on the ride. You can still read the source material, the comics, or you can go watch the film starring well, and, and Robert Downey Jr. They like, even make comics based off the kids shows. Totally. Too. And I think that's kind of proven to be how you maintain money with a franchise that needs to, you know, the character and the cause is still there. Uh, the power cause, so to speak, but you need to adapt to where audiences are going to be. And I think that, you know, under the old Iron Look, Nintendo is a great company, but it's also bound by tradition and you needed the console, you needed the game. Seems like those walls are getting knocked down. I, for one, am excited by it. Yeah, definitely. When I'm not expecting a Nintendo PlayStation anytime soon, like, uh, you know, it's a great rumor mill or like that Megaton announcement everyone's waiting for. But it's little things like that which are going to keep, you know, the company you and I give a shit about so much, that little old uh, card company from Kyoto. Who, who actually have enough money to keep themselves afloat for quite a while. Oh, totally. They have like billions of dollars yeah. buried in the ground, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was kind of interesting news from Nintendo this week, you know, yeah. that, 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 that it seems like that narrow vision is slightly widening. I remember reading a theory a while ago, not even a theory, it was just like, it was after Dark Horse lost the rights to Star Wars and it was like, what are they going to do? So Dark Horse Comics yeah. p- um, published Star Wars comics for 15 from years a, before. the 90s onwards, yeah. after the kind of expanded universe really took off in novels. Right up until Disney bought. Um, Lucas yeah, Arts. their last run was um, Darth Maul, son of Dothamir, which was really good and was actually unused scripts. It was really nice that Disney kind of, I, I guess, let them fulfill their contracts or their publication rights with this. It was unused scripts for some uh, Clone Wars season seven stuff, which would have explained uh, Darth Maul and his brother Savage's fate alongside with Grievous, Dooku, all these characters, because it kind of just ends sadly. Right, Clone Wars. And kind of let them finish the script And the comics are great it would, And it's the, it was the first uh, For all those playing along at home First Star Wars comic to be considered canon And it's non-Marvel So right. it's still considered canon But it was the last of Dark Horse And the first of the new canon Star Wars um, You know, non-cinema material 
for those playing the HeyFam drinking game. Put that game, feather in your hat. Yeah, we you mentioned cannon twice you already. You got to do two shots. Yeah. Um, so when Dark Horse lost the Star Wars rights, um, there was someone wrote a piece on the internet about what what should Dark Horse try and take on now that they're they're not you know obviously Star Wars makes up a huge chunk of their profits. And look, you're the comic guy here with serious issues. Your amazing podcast, uh, Wish Coombs, but it was would have been their bread and butter. Absolutely, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I mean like it would have made up a sizable chunk, definitely. Yeah, so they have been. a lot of other franchises, but nothing obviously, you know, nothing near as big as Star Wars. Yeah, um, and I mean it put kind of Dark Horse on the map in a way. Yeah, in for, for, and certainly for some yeah. some some readers. Um, so uh, the the theory was that like what they should try and do because obviously Dark Horse published in the Western world at least the Zelda Hyrule Historia. That's right. Um, this big hardcover book that kind of explained the history of Zelda and Wait, all the art. Would you also say not only the history, but the it starts with C? I mean, if you've, you're listening with a shot glass right now, get ready to take a sip. Is, but they the finally canonized yeah, right. the, the timeline. No, it was, <laughs> that was the big thing. It's they, very true. Whoever, uh, you know, the Zelda uh, uh, producer and Nintendo worked together and they canonized the timeline and it began with Skyward Sword and then Minish Cap, which was a big surprise. And you can play technically the Zelda games in order up until this point, which I thought was pretty crazy. Like that was the main reason why everyone bought it. That was the page, the big timeline page. Totally. And it's a, it's a cool book, but it was really it's cool that, that yeah. Dark Horse, you know, have, they have a, a small publication yeah. history with, with Nintendo. And, and am I right in thinking now the company that also recently localized the Zelda manga that was published during A Link to the Past? You know, I think you might be right. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to look that up, I but think I think you might be right. There was a manga series when A Link to the Past came out in 92, 93 in Japan, and they finally... And there's a Minish Cap um, one as and well. a Minish Cap one, yeah, and I think they finally localized them and did a run. Yeah, I, I, 20 I, years I, I have one of them. Yeah. And there's a Four Swords. Four Swords, uh, there's a Four Swords yes, manga too. that's right. Um, so anyway... Dark Horse obviously have this this small amount of history with with public, publishing Nintendo stuff. Why don't they try and publish <sighs> Nintendo comics? I buy the shit out of that. And I feel like in, in the lead up to to movies, that. that's like makes the most sense because they can totally reintroducing know, dip their toes in the water with like different concepts, you know, with these characters. Because you know we're about to get this insane new Hanna Barbera. Comics. Shared universe. Yeah, oh, yeah. comics. Sorry, no. The, but yeah. they're doing a shared universe. Oh, God, of course they are. Everything like, is. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But we're this week. Um, we see the first release. Of the, they're doing all these crazy new Hanna Barbera comics. It's like this awful Scooby Doo apocalypse comic, which is like a you know like a monster energy drink uh, Scooby Doo. I reckon we should TM that. That's the best description that you and I have ever Monsters, come up with yeah. within the Hey Fam lore for <laughs> describing like just a really ripped version of something edgy, that doesn't yep. need to be ripped or edgy for any reason. There's a sick comic that I'm looking forward to reviewing on um, series. Issues next week. The Johnny Quest one. Future Quest, which is all of all of like you know you got Space Coast and Johnny Quest and that's like, sick. All coming together, all these great Hanna Barbera like kind of sci-fi. Cartoons. No, are these ongoing. Yeah, that's and th- so weird. There's, there's one that's called like Wacky Raceland, which is oh, like right. Wacky Races, like but it's like Mad Max, which is, and Death meets Race Monster Energy Drink. <laughs> Monster Energy Drink version of um, and then a really really creepy version of the Flintstones. Um, yeah, that's coming too. But man, but the Future Quest looks sick. Anyway, Flintstone ones looks like in The Simpsons when uh you know Homer sees the, the kids is like pale skinned, you know, blonde haired. Exactly, kids, absolutely. It's, it's a bit off putting. It's not great. But it's a great example of uh you know a pre existing franchise that everybody has a very good idea of in their head. You know, a different. A different ideas coming through comics, yeah. and I feel like, I feel like that would be such a great, great avenue for Nintendo oh, totally. to go down. Absolutely, like yeah. even if even if it doesn't go through Dark Horse, I just I, I would love to read Nintendo comics. Tingle four part issue series. <laughs> Who is Tingle? Like a Tingle origin story. Yeah, Tingle Year One. Um, there you go. Seriously, Tingle Year One. Explain why he's so weird. Um, so we, we mentioned, yeah, I mean, all all these characters you 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 meet in like you know 
tiny little exactly tiny little bit all you know is like they serve this function but there's so much so many crazy backstories that you could tell of these weird little characters in the Nintendo universe I'm gonna get the rubber stamp out and call that hey fam's uh, Nintendo idea take it from us we've already done one the subscription service yep great idea comic books next like Nintendo if you're listening to this just Take our ideas. We want to work with you. <laughs> so while Zelda is the obvious choice for for a film that, sure. that has the audience that would work really well, I feel like Metroid is another game that would be a really really great movie. I mean, that'd be or awesome. movie series. That'd be like an Alien esque, you know, Iron Man. I mean, you, you do whatever you want with yeah, it. Yeah, all you need, you just need to have Metroids, fucking these things that suck this your head, alien blood sucking brain thing. You got to have Mother Brain. You've got to have Samus. Samus who's like such a great Nintendo, one of the best Nintendo heroes. Kid Icarus ever. would be cool. Oh yeah, I mean, that lends it loans itself to some really cool imagery and stuff. I mean, you know what you should do? Did you ever watch Captain N the Game Master? Yeah, Captain N the Game Master. Bring it back. Get Phil Lord and Chris Miller to do that. Yeah, that would be fun like as hell. Like a dude, you know, like kind of Roger Rabbit. It. I know two references to Roger Rabbit in one. Hey fam, sue me. <laughs> but have a real no, life. No, just do a shot. Yeah, you know, uh, do it. Have a real life Captain N. I don't want to say Chris Pratt, too obvious, but Chris Pratt or Channing Tatum, <laughs> and have them, you know, hang around with. 18, uh, 16 and 8-bit versions of the characters. You know, have them go to a school dance and stuff. Basically do 21 Jump Street, except with Chris Pratt and Nintendo characters. Boom! Retroactively removing my uh, F- Funky Kong's uh, party liaison. That is now my second entry. <laughs> Funky Kong party liaison. So that is, good. That is now... No, Funky Kong funky liaison. Sorry. Uh, retroactively removing that. That is my second choice. First choice is Captain and the Game Master. Just... Live adaptation I don't want to say Gritty reboot Because there ain't Anything gritty about this I feel like one of the Most hard things That they face Trying to make movies Out of these concepts Is that No one Like there are very few Nintendo games That people are used to Seeing those characters talk Like Yes I mean they shot away Samus talks And the Star Fox characters talk Peach spoke before Any of the Mario people Like spoke besides Wahoo Yeah you know Like she was one of the first And it was Dear Mario Please come to the castle I baked a cake for you (laughs) Peach Um but Bowser Lost. So I feel I mean, like you know you you, you would, they probably aren't going to make a Donkey Kong movie or a Funky Kong, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, at, mean, le- look, at least out of the game. Mighty Joe Young was a great film and a cinematic achievement, but you know I don't think we need to tread that ground. Yeah, what about again. King Kong versus Godzilla versus Donkey Kong? Yoshi versus Donkey uh, Donkey Kong. Like Yoshi. Oh, can you gets- imagine them trying to do a live action Yoshi again, like a proper one? That, that I mean, Mario he was rides. he was a raptor. He was an animatronic raptor. It was literally like they found they they were shooting on the back lot. The Jurassic Park was and like oh shit, someone left this baby raptor behind. Let's uh, hang out with some Goombas. I just, yeah, I feel like if they get, they can't do a live action Mario game again. It's been done. I mean, it's, you know, John Leguizamo. <laughs> it's it's Bob Hoskins. I mean, one more, one more. It, it's Dennis Hopper. Crew defining role is King Cooper. Uh, didn't go for Bowser. That was interesting. Just King Cooper, and he had like a really cool bleach turtle shell head type of design. I mean, look, I think that's a, I think that's a gonna go down in history as a weird dark cult classic i, I remember watching it came on um you know when you used to like go on school excursions and you yeah. go on you have like a long bus, bus ride or on the on bus the ride home so i'm whacked on the mario brothers movie and i was just like yes like so excited i saw it in the cinema with my dad i remember and just i was heaps into it i thought it was great i, I thought i was eight like i didn't understand cinema <laughs> like i liked the street fighter movie i like the mortal kombat movie i like the ninja turtles movies yeah they were great yeah uh, but what's funny um nintendo aren't the only company Talking shop re video game adaptations into cinema, not not tapping into this uh, gold mine, which is you know, I mean, we've heard you know in the past 
Monopoly movie and just any. I remember when we heard the Lego movie got announced, everyone was like, "Oh, like very cynical." Well, and then we when Cam was on um, in a recent episode, we did a, we talked about the, the the emoji movie. That's right. Um, Tetris has now been greenlit as not just a film but a trilogy. What I mean, the fuck? How do you? Is it like 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 blocks are falling from the sky? I is don't that- know. I mean, I think Pixels tried to take on that. The uh, the, the late Adam Sandler's final film, <laughs> as far as I remember. Uh, the pix- Pixels tried to do that. But I mean, wh- Wait, trilogy. Who's, who's Morkop? What's his name, Chris? <laughs> um, well, Paul Blart is Paul the Morkop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Kevin James. Kevin James, that's his name. Yeah, uh, may, may rest the, you know, they, they both songs. died together. They both died Doing when what Pixels they came out. And making was, Pixels. Was making Pixels. <laughs> and uh, just high-fiving Batman vs. Superman on the Rotten Tomatoes chart. And like, we made it. But the, I mean... Trilogy is such a bold thing to do now. I mean, does that mean they're doing traditional trilogy meeting part two as a cliffhanger? Like, does the straight piece fit in the middle? You know what I mean? Like, what do you end on a on a Tetris movie? I don't like, get it. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't at all. It's, How do you turn that into a movie? And what's even weirder, wasn't Tetris, like, not owned by anyone for years because it was from the Soviet Union? Isn't that what made it such a, like adaptable spicy thing to get a hold I of I just can't wait for the trap remix of the Tetris thing oh you know Skrillex will be like yeah. winning an Oscar in three <laughs> years for his work on the Tetris movie Tetris 2 though Tetris 2 yeah the Tetris strikes back like it's just I, I mean I know we're Tetris running out of two, ideas Tetris 2 one block too many I mean yeah, yeah no we're not running out of ideas we're running out of ideas to rehash yeah the Tetris yeah. I mean I know you're very keen for the Angry Birds film. <laughs> I, just, just, I just hope it's in a, in a shared universe. Angry Birds, Tetris, and Puzzle Bobble. Which one's that one? Oh, you haven't played that? It's like a classic arcade game where you got to sh- shoot bubbles. No, I remember the Ice Bros. Remember those guys? Ice Climbers. Ice Climbers. That's Nintendo, bro. I know, and they were never allowed in... Um, I, used to, I played the arcade of it. Uh, a pizza shop in Jindabyne used to have it. Anytime I'd go down... Uh, skiing with my parents, I'd always play in this one pizza shop. That's amazing. But then one year it was gone, and I was like... Horrified two player ice game. It was a great game. How how good when they like finally run out of video games, t- so they just turn to like card games. Like, oh, Solitaire the movie. How the hell has that not? Ha- I mean, Casino Royale is essentially, <laughs> you know, the Bond reboot was essentially a game of uh, Texas Hold'em. What's next? Twist in the movie. I, I don't mean the I don't mean the Hurricane now. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Little, Right yeah. Hand Blue. <laughs> That'd but, be. I'd be into that. Like aliens come down and they make they throw it's always going to be aliens. It's always going to be a, it's always going to be an interference. Well, yeah, because obviously Adam Sandler and Kevin James are in Twist of the movie. God See, that'll God be CG recreated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that'll be brought to life by CG. Uh, yeah, Tupac's hologram will be directing them. Yeah, so uh, look, hopefully Nintendo movies will be a good thing. I don't know. I mean, obviously the the the, the small amount of concern is that they will like put even less time into making games if they're also if they're now making yeah. movies too. But look. Kimishima, I'm on board. Change it up, man. It's a fuck, brave new fuck world. Fuck some shit up, fam. It's a brave new world, and I'm on board. Miyamoto's there. You've, you know, you've got the investors happy by saying he's still there. This could be a post. You know, what did you describe Miyamoto as last week? Oh, was it, I, did, I didn't say autistic. No, <laughs> I wouldn't bring that up again. <laughs> no, it was. But you know, it was kind of like, oh, what was it? It was a some, great some little genius pottering about. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. like the. He's basically the thing, like. You know, he's like the Johnny Ives for Apple. Like, I'm it, kind of this post Iwata. I mean, it's not that similar because he didn't start Nintendo, but he's been there from the start. It's like when Steve Jobs died. We, Steve Jobs was known for a lot of harsh decisions, which kind of didn't, you know, people didn't argue against him, but they didn't make a lot of sense sometimes. You know, it was a lot of, well, everyone else does this. Maybe we should do it. And we've seen in this Tim Cook Apple world, 
he is far more lenient with doing things which Steve Jobs would have said, no, that's not Apple. And it's still the most... Like you know, the eye gun. The eye gun, the eye syringe, you know, <laughs> the eye abortion kit, like stuff like that. And it, boy, it's put them on the map. But, you know, I, I'm seeing it as kind of like a post. The old guard is kind of gone in a sense. The spirit of it's still here, but we've still got Johnny Ive, for example, the Miyamoto, who's designing the phones. Like he's still here. He's having the time of his life. But there's just new people in charge of the decisions. And, you know, it's worked well for Apple. They're, they're more successful than ever. It's kind of like, hopefully the same can happen for Nintendo. You know what else works well for Apple? What? Mac Mail. And that's exactly <laughs> how many listeners have gotten in touch oh. with us at HeyFam. Using the email address, heyfampodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so you're we- saying what? They can just call us anytime. Uh, yeah, yeah, they can call. They dial it up. And yeah, yeah, you call, but you type and you call. It's a difficult process. It involves a lot of technology, but it works. Um, so I finally checked the heyfampodcast at gmail.com email address and there was a stack of emails there that we have not answered. Um, lots of cool questions. We were asking for questions and then they're not checking the email. So uh, I thought we should spend the rest of the episode uh, just answering these amazing emails that we've gotten from listeners. And they're obviously from a lot of different people, aren't they? Yeah, and we should try and make this a regular thing, to, talking, talking to the fans. Yeah, so look, we're growing, you're growing. Let's grow together. So the first hey, email... maybe we'll address. ask you questions next time. <laughs> the first email is, uh, is from an actual, a, a, a recent guest of, uh, of... Well, not recent, last year guest of, of Hey Fam, Lee Tran Lam. But in a way, she's on, here on every episode. It's very she? true. Yeah. Uh, she was on our um, TV, Best of TV of 2015 episode last year. Uh, big TV head, always has also reared her head in a couple of Mitchin episodes. That's uh, true. Most she, notably of late, the live episode. She wasn't live episode, yeah. and she's got her own podcast, The Unbearable Lightness of Being Hungry. Um, I, I really oh, we feel, don't have anyone who doesn't have a podcast. No, I, no, I feel bad, though, because we have to describe a bunch of people who... I only know the name of and that's it it's fine well the other people we talk about you don't have podcasts <laughs> maybe they do um, alright so this is from Lee Tran Lam she says hearing you guys talk about freaks and geeks which I think we did months ago it was when we uh, Spider-Man Homecoming writers were announced as Sam Weir from Freaks and Geeks oh, I think true. that was the reference so yeah. it was a long time ago uh, Lee Chan was wondering if we could chat about some of the stuff that you've already nerded out over if you had a podcast back then so let me put that again. Um, I was wondering if you could chat about some of the stuff that mm. you would have totally nerded out about if you had a podcast way back then. Yeah, sure. Like which shows that aren't around anymore would you be following ep by ep like you guys did with True Detective Season 2? Oh, man. Battlestar Galactica at the top of my head. Really? I've From- never done that. Yeah. I've got to get- it, it's incredible. It's the only show I've, I've, I've only seen the um, Portlandia sketch where they binge it all. And the creator came along. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what it was like. I mean... I've watched that show with people who aren't into A, binge watching or B, what they think is science fiction. But, you know, it's up there with Breaking Bad and Mm -hmm. stuff is some of the best writing, some of the best acting on television. Four seasons, so compact, did all it needed to do. I was hooked. I think I started watching once season two was done. So I'd watched in real time three and four. It was amazing. Um yeah, it was it was during the Bush administration as well, so it was a lot of Great allegorical uh, references to you know the Cylons are the oppressive robot people trying to you know kill the humans, and a lot of great uh, you know 
imagery and stuff like that. Can you imagine how wild the political segments of our podcast back then would have been? Oh, we would have had, those we would have had our, both our own spin-off ones. We would have had uh, the Soapbox Boys just standing on our soapbox, ranting. But look, I, w- I, I can say off the top of my head, that is the most enjoyable television experience I've ever had. It is, wow. um, I mean, I know AV Club break it up in the top three. They did a recent poll recently. Oh, I, I don't doubt that it's the best. I've just never heard you. Uh, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time gushing about television with you every week. And never I, brought it up. You never brought it up. Well... You know, I'm always looking... I'm always about the moment and podcasts is about, sadly, SEO. And, you know, if I'm going to be speaking about Battlestar Galact... I mean, they had an... They were doing what Chris Harwick was, was doing before Chris Harwick was doing it. They they were releasing podcasts with the cast and crew the night the episode aired and you could listen to it along. They were doing, like, director's commentary parts. This is, like, five, six years ago. It yeah. was super ahead of its time and it was amazing. And Ronald D. Moore, I mean, he got his, he's the showrunner and he got his start in X-Files and a bunch of other stuff and... While Lucasfilm were entertaining the idea of, and you know, if you listen to Hey Fam, you pro- a lot of you are probably aware of. Before the Disney purchase, there was rumors of this um, adult themed Star Wars series, which has now got the name Star Wars Underworld, which was set between episodes three and four, uh, written by George, showrun by the rumor was Ronald D. Moore was writing it. Uh, John Williams had scored apparently. 50 hours of music for it. It was going to cost almost a million dollars an episode. It was going to be like the crime Lords. Whoa. Yeah. You should, you, you don't know about this? No. This was the last big thing Lucasfilm were working on before the Disney sale. And it's still what a lot of fans are still clamoring for it and like hoping it happens. It was set. It was described as the Sopranos in the star Wars galaxy set on Coruscant or something like that. That sounds or just ridiculous. Amazing. So an adult themed, you know, serious star Wars series that, you know, that, you know, and there was a time when, um, Lucas was saying, like, you know, streaming's the future and maybe it won't go to network, which at the time was like, whoa, that's crazy. But, you know, think of an online-only series, which you'd probably get a subscription for and it would have been amazing. And he was considered and everyone was very excited about that. But that's that, that's the show for sure. I've got the Blu-ray box set. I should give it to you. Battlestar Galactica. All right. It's um, great. I mean, I'm thinking what, I, I think I know what you're going to say, but I, I want to hear it. I, I will say Venture Brothers at some point. Is okay, that what cool. you thought I was yeah, going to yeah, say? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Venture Brothers would be great just because then I know I would know that you were watching it because um, I know how, I, I, want, I want you to love it. I don't have it anymore. So I used to have access to Hulu. This is what I meant to say to you the other day. I need to actually borrow your DVDs or something. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, Siobhan has them at the moment. Okay. I'll get them to you. Because you know I hate pirating, guys. <laughs> um, so, oh yeah, obviously Venture Brothers would have been a great one to, to have yeah. been a podcast on from the start. Breaking Bad, another really obvious one. Yeah, that's, that's a super... And you and I really bonded over Breaking Bad. That was a... Well, yeah, you, you told me to start watching it. So... Uh, a little bit of early influencing. I was right again. <laughs> uh, and, and they are also another show that, that did a podcast. They did the pod as well, of um, course. After all their episodes, that too, with like the, the cast. That was like pre-Chris Hardwick shit, basically. It was seriously, man, Chris Hardwick, you're, what a hack. Like, stop copying. Him a break. Everyone needs to give him a break. Yeah, he's but also, it's because he's doing what we all wish we were, yeah, we, we were doing. Totally. I mean, he doesn't have to be as fat as Kevin Smith to do it. I want to do the little dum-dumb club hard, Chris Hardwick job and do a live episode immediately after speaking about what Tommy Daslow just did. <laughs> Tommy, I know you're probably not listening to this until about six weeks later because you're really behind, <laughs> but let's chat. would love to do the little dumb, dumb, dumb club, something like that. We'll have fun with the title. You and I can spitball some shit. Talking dumb. Oh, dumb cunts, you know, with Angus Truscott and, you know, just talking about the dumb, dumb club. I mean, there needs to be more podcasts about podcasts, quite frankly. Really good point. Um, I would. I think. What are we? How fucking great would it be? One, if anyone was sure. doing podcasts by then. But imagine if you started a podcast <laughs> when The Simpsons started. Yeah, you, you'd be 
Kevin Smith, like you'd be Mark Maron, like that's it. And yeah. you would be part of the Simpsons. But like, now. imagine like doing that, you know, so the first eight years, like, man, this show is just getting better and, and better. Suicidal. And then like, and then it's like, man, like, yeah, like, you know, three years ago, like, I that's really, w- I really wish I chose a different show to do a podcast about. 32 years later. Yeah. Um, sorry, the last episode was late. I had to go to my, my grandson's christening. christening. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I'm doing it now on the iPhone in the lobby of the airport. That, yeah, that would be, that'd be nuts. Hey, hey, it's Saturday. It would be a great one. Like from the beginning. From, from the beginning. From the 70s. From the 70s. When it was a kid's show, just growing up with it. <laughs> just, you know, you know, from every black face to every Nissan Pulsar. <laughs> I mean, imagine you and I. That w- that's our element. That would be our elemental show. What if we pitched to Daryl Summers that we will just do, do a Hey, Hey, It's Saturday podcast where we watch every Hey, Hey, It's Saturday Look, I know Saturday for a fact episode. you and I are two degrees of se- separation from Daryl Summers. That's true. Danny Clayton, give us a Danny call. Danny Clayton's our plug. Uh, <laughs> Danny, you're the plug. If you could hook us up with Daryl. I mean, I know he's very busy at the I moment. I know you got his phone number, Danny. I know you messaged him. You've shown us messages. We should just steal Danny's phone. <laughs> Look, if you're near Danny Clayton on any form of public transport, if you're in his bedroom right now, if you've... Just, just steal, stayed the night. <laughs> you just, just needed a place the, to crash. Just steal the phone for, for one minute. Grab the Get phone. Get us that Daryl number. Be the plug. Give us that number. Do you reckon, reckon Daryl Summers is in Danny Clayton's phone as Daryl Summers or is something different? I reckon if Danny put him in, it would be Daryl Summers. I reckon if Daryl put it in, it would be something else. Like Darryl. Big D or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Aussie's dad. The Big D. Yeah, yeah. Dickie Knee's boss. <laughs> something like that. I think doing it, what, what, what Lee Tran's suggesting, doing a, an episode we need to do by another episode. Show. But no, but of doing like an older one, I think that would be quite fun because I, I, I feel think it'd like. Be great. Yeah, Something like, that you and I have never watched either, which I think could be funny, or that one of us has watched and the other one hasn't. Uh, a friend of ours, Sophie Braham, who uh, is, um, has been on the show in, in the past and does a lot of uh, work at ABC. She's Hey Family. Uh, she and I once did a thing on a radio show she's doing, she was doing an FBI. Uh, where we would both recommend an episode of a TV show each other likes mm. that we know the other person hasn't seen, and then we would watch that episode and then and then talk about it on the radio. Well, you know, I did that with her as well. Yeah. What did you do? Um, I th- she made me watch Parenthood. Oh yeah, the one by the you know the oh, sorry, I just remembered another show I would do Friday Night Lights. Oh okay, yeah. And did, it was by the Friday you, Night Lights show. Don't you already have a Friday Night Lights podcast? Oh, I did a. Fr- <laughs> did a one-off episode about spin-offs about Friday Night Lights. You don't. Uh, I thought you have. You have. Doesn't that podcast even have a name? Green Eyes, Full Hearts. Is it like available everywhere? Yeah, it's on iTunes. But you only did one episode of it. Oh, uh, the idea was it was kind of like a um an analyze fish. Will you? There was no regular program. It was every six months we'd pick a franchise, and do spinoffs. The whole episode would be Scott Dooley and I doing spinoffs. So the first one was um. Friday Night Lights. So it was like, if I don't know if you've watched Friday Night Lights. I know you haven't, but for those that might have, it was like college buddy team up. Buddy uh, Garrity has to go back to college because he faked his degree, ends up bunking with, you know, uh, one of the kids he taught at, uh, sponsored at football and Lila Garrity, his daughter is their uni lecturer and he's always late for class. Like just shitty things. And then we did a Star Wars one and then we did another one. Amazing. So how do you, if I want to find that, how do I find it? It's, it's called Green Eyes, Full Hearts. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it was awesome. just a ridiculous, like, I think there's three episodes. There's a Star Wars one. This was just as episode seven was announced or something. So... There's some uh, real, real crazy ideas there. Amazing. All right, we'll move on to uh, yeah, another that was question. TV on the radio was the name of that segment. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That, I did Neon Genesis Evangelion. I made Sophie Braham watch anime. There's another show I would do from... I'll do... Not only would I do it from the start, I'd do it every week until I died. I'll do a Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast. How many episodes of that did they make? 26. Oh, right. That's it. And I just keep going. I just okay, restart. Just do re- restart. Re- restart. Okay, 
Um, so Hamish Nolan, um, who is AKA Uncle Rampage. Oh, that's Uncle Rampage. Uncle Rampage is the uh, the the amazing gentleman who um, the genius. Let's call him a genius. Who reviewed the Hey Fam podcast, our podcast, on the our Blank one. Slate podcasts. Mm. iTunes page, pretty genius stuff. So Hamish asks, "What's your wait? Thoughts? Is this a question for us or for the blanks or for Mark Maron WTF? I mean, <laughs> this is a question for Serial. Um, you know, did Adnan do it? Well, look, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know, they couldn't even answer that. After Are they even talking episodes. about that in the second season? I've no, listened. it's about Bo. No, did Bo Berg? I reckon Bo Bergdahl killed. Hey, I mean, that's what I'm saying right now. Put that on a t-shirt. All right, Hamish, that's your answer. Yeah. No, what Hamish asks is, what are your thoughts on DC's rebirth? Uh-huh. I, he says, I think the blue cow Batman is the shit, but Che Guevara Harley is pretty <laughs> fucked. Now, uh, Levens, I'll let you take the lead on DC's rebirth. So, a few years ago, after uh, after being around for decades upon decades, DC Comics... 80s? Was it Final Crisis? Was this uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths Crisis was the last time they reset. So, basically, what comics... There are so many different writers. There are so many different characters. There are so many different issues it gets a bit convoluted. So every few years. And that's why we love comics. Comic book companies will hit the reset button and, and kind of make different rules that affect the characters, kind of make a character younger, make a character just a bit different. And look, in a way you'll of, notice a lot of these retcons. Uh, that's what they call similar, it. Retcon. Similarly tied in with cinematic releases. Sometimes, yeah. A lot of the time. Um, so DC did it most recently with the New 52. And uh, I did not like the New 52 one bit. And I feel like a lot of people didn't like it either. Uh, including, I feel like, I mean, or even like editors and writers have made hints to it to something being missing from um from 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 the DC universe at the moment. So they they're hitting the reset button. So you didn't again. like anything from the new Fifty Two. I thought the Scott Snyder's Batman run was actually pretty good, but no, I didn't. Having I, said that, I grew out of love with that. But having said that, it it was basically the only comic not affected by anything that happened in Flashpoint because it carried over all of the canon. Pretty much, yeah. But like, like that's the thing. Like, like DC New Fifty Two didn't. It almost didn't reset enough. Yeah. It, it, they, it wasn't they, a clean They, they start. kept a lot of stuff. And well, they kept stuff that worked for them, which was a bit of a cheat. You need to either do a clean reset or not a reset at all. Well, so they're not, they're doing the same thing again with, with DC Rebirth. Okay. Basically, like, you know, they're changing some things up. It's basically new creative. So, you didn't teams. like any of it, even by the end of it? It was like, you know, there, there are little patches of good stuff. I love, like, I I love Azarello's... Grant Morrison action. There was some good. Action Comics is all right. I mean, um, I don't know if you count Multiversity and his mm-hmm. um, DC mm-hmm. and his uh, Batman. Um, what was that awesome Batman series that he and Chris Burnham did? Um, the carry-on of his long Batman run. Oh, Batman Inc. Batman That Inc. Incorporated. It finally definitely. came to an end in 52. Yeah. Um, but uh, I love Azarello's Wonder Woman. I really liked Jeff Yeah, Lemire's. Azarello's Wonder Woman was a highlight. I mean, they did dumb things too. Like Cassandra Cain was such a popular Batgirl. Killed her halfway Like just no explanation What happened and well, They didn't kill her She just doesn't exist Well now she's like the que- She was the question uh, But the, they've, they've, they've brought They've brought all these characters back anyway. Yeah but that seemed to be That seemed to be The new 52's big trick It was like How would they bring back This character Which you really cared about totally. Three years into A comic book's arc And you'd be like Oh okay That's how they did it Now we're finally back You know yeah, it was yeah. a bit of a um, I gotta say that I really like Capullo and Snyder's Batman I thought that was a really great Solid run I loved I loved Court of Owls until the last issue. I just felt like he was so good at setup, and th- but then he, but then Snyder just every single character has to have something to do with the very very first day. Like you know, like they're, they're so rooted in in Bruce Wayne's own personal history. It, it's like people who complain about. The Star Wars Star being a small universe and but everything's about a Skywalker. Exactly. Yeah. It was like I I I wanted something bigger than Bruce Wayne yeah. in the Batman universe. Yeah, no, I get that. 
But um, I I really liked. Um, the other thing I thought was a bit sick was the Joker kept coming back. Yeah, and yeah. I love the Joker, but also sparingly, he is a better character. Well, I really didn't like the death in the family arc either. Death of the family. Death sorry. of the family. Yeah. Cut what was the one after that? Uh, Endgame, Fla- Endgame, which is apparently is quite good. Endgame was great. Um, so uh, I I quite liked um the Batman and Robin stuff by um, oh, Peter Tomasi that was and great. Uh, Patrick Gleason. I mean, I think you and I even spoke about this, but with the the death of Damian Wayne. I we found I think we both found that to be the best comic in the Bat verse, which handled the death of Damian Wayne. Yes, absolutely. It was the most beautiful. One of the better, I'd, I'd say, like one of the top ten single issue comics I've read in the last five years. Yeah, definitely. It's such a good one. Beautiful. Yeah, really no good. dialogue, just a really beautiful reflection on a you know a, a crime fighter who's lost his partner, a father who's lost his son. Yeah. But then you know they went ahead and brought Damian Wayne back. They did with superpowers. Yeah, hasn't he got... See, that's when yeah, I... I don't know if he does anymore, but I stopped reading, so he's basically got Superman's powers, I'm right? not sure. I can't remember. I, I, I tapped out. It was very easy to tap out of all the DC comics I started reading. Yeah. Uh, I really liked um, Jeff Lemire's Animal Man, and I recently... Yeah, Animal Man was great. Recently loved um, Midnighter, which is a, oh, a character from the... Um, uh, what's it called? The Wild... Oh, the, yeah, the, the Wildcats. Wild, no, uh, yeah. The, the what, image, what, what, what was the same... Uh, Starcourt? No. What was that fucking... Uh, God damn it! Um, Something cool. Um, the the name of the the publishing company that Jim Lee owned before um, he was Wildstorm. Wildstorm. I got there. I got that was there. the name of one of the comics as well, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think just the, the publishing. No, he, so he he, he had uh, ties to like Stormwatch and the Authority, um, which are two comics on Wildstorm years ago. But they brought him back. It's like basically like, the easiest way to describe him is like gay Batman. Um, cool. And so he's like, but he he kills, and he. Um, He's a bit Oh, that's right. They relaunched Midnight. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was written by this guy called Steve Orlando, and that's a really, really fun and different superhero comic. A really great take on the superhero genre that I read yeah, recently cool. that I loved. But I don't know. I don't think... So it's it, part of Rebirth? Yeah. So DC are hitting the reset button again, and they're calling everything DC Rebirth. Um, they're, they've got new creative teams for pretty much every single title. And they're letting Jeff Johns title. pretty much run it, aren't they? I think he's got... Look, he, he, he clearly has a lot of love for the DC universe. Yeah. He hasn't really done that much great stuff of late, but he has done enough great stuff for me to be the not, whole universe. not be totally... Conf- you know, I mean, he's not writing every single comic. But no, no, I mean, the whole universe is being rebirthed. But what is interesting is there have been other entries in Rebirth before this big whole universe reset. Am I right in saying that? What do you Was there Green Lantern Rebirth? Was there... Oh, so I mean like, yeah. Flash the, Rebirth. So years ago, Jeff Johns helped or wrote... Um, Green, Green Lantern Rebirth, which is just basically reintroducing Hal Jordan to the DC Universe. He did the same again when... Um, like as a brand new character or as a kind uh, of a like reimagined history, re-imagining. reimagined origin? Yeah, like a exactly. Batman year one, basically. Yeah, and uh, and the same thing when... Um, uh, who's the original fucking Flash? Not Jay Garrick, not Wally West. Yeah, the, the main one. Yeah. Who's the main Flash? You don't know? Not a Flash guy. You're not a Flash guy? It's what, a, you mean the new one? No, like the main Flash. Barry. Barry, Barry Allen. That's what I mean. Yeah, so he did the Flash Rebirth as well. And so, like, this this kind of harkens back to those stories where they are, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just that, you know, it's like, oh, remember how good the Rebirth stories were? We're now going to rebirth the entire universe. Okay, so those things aren't involved? No, no. Okay, so it's... It's it's like you know they're they're, not, they're kind of hitting a semi reset button. Sure. They're not they're not resetting their Apple TV. They're restarting. Beautiful. There's another that that that, that is my uh, Shigeru Miyamoto quote for this week's award goes to this one. They're not they're not. What was the uh, the Apple product that you had to uh, put a a pen in the back of to reset it? The Newton. No. The Newton. The no. Apple Newton. I don't the know. Apple Newton. Look, it's not an evolution. It, 
No, it's not a revolution. It's an evolution. True. Let's say that. Uh, it's not. It's not DC Comics' final form. No, not yet. It is a mid uh, evolution. It's, it's the Raichu. It's the um. Is it Bulbasaur or is it Ivysaur first? Um, no, there's Charmander. It's Charmeleon. It's not quite Charizard <laughs> yet. It's Charmeleon. Um, so to answer your question, <laughs> <laughs> finally, Hamish, uh, I am. I actually, we actually recorded a, an episode of Serious Issues, the the comic book podcast that I run with Siobhan Coombs, um, all about our thoughts on the initial lineup for DC Rebirth. I'm. Is this in terms of the artist writer artist? Like, there are some teams that I'm very excited about. Cool. I'm extremely excited about an, a, a writer I really love called Tom King. What's um, Tom doing? Tom is taking over Batman after um, oh, that's Scott right. Snyder. You said that, and, and he wrote. Uh, yeah, have you spoken about. He it? wrote. He's writing Vision at the moment, and mm. um, the Sheriff of Babylon and the Omega Men, which are probably three of my absolute favorite top ten. Comics that I'm reading at the moment. Is Vision the current Marvel comic? Yeah, just a so, standalone. Wow. Yeah, it's insane how good Vision is. It's probably Vision's probably the best superhero comic outright. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's insane. Um, Is this his first standalone? Uh, no, I mean, throughout. It's sure. first one recently, for yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, but... So Tom King after Vision is he's exclusive to DC. They've got him exclusively. Yeah, wow. And so he's helming um, Batman with with a massive host of big name artists. Was he a big Marvel writer beforehand? Uh, no, he's he'd only ever written Vision okay. and sure. odds and ends. Um, but uh, yeah, he. Um, so that, that's that's what I'm most excited about. Then um, really excited Who's about drawing. Uh, all kinds of different artists for Batman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So um, he hasn't got a and then and then Scott Snyder is um all star Batman. All star Batman. I'm pumped which, for that. He's with Capullo again. Uh, sometimes Capullo, but then he's doing stuff with like Paul Pope and sweet, like so many incredible artists as well. And I really think like as much as I liked Snyder's New Fifty Two, I loved his Detective Comics run. Um, I thought that was genius. With uh, yeah, that's my that's the strongest thing he's ever done. Definitely. Totally, with, he did with, some of the greatest with Jock stuff. Jock and Francesca, yeah, with Jock, oh, Jock stuff's amazing, and it was with the entire Dick Grayson and Under the Cowl uh, during the Batman R.I.P. and Return of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it was amazing, and I'm hoping, and I think he's looking forward to doing that. He says he's looking forward to doing more, like more riskier things with the smaller issues, which 
will be all star. Like it won't have to be as big, like villain of the well, week. Yeah, he, you know he, what I mean? he's not writing the main Batman stories anymore, yeah. so he can do fun side stories that, yeah, that still affect the Revealed on his Twitter the other day, I follow him still, and he was just kind of a lot of people. He was like, "Which villains would you love to see in All Star?" Might tell you which ones are in, and a lot of like people we haven't heard from from a long time, including like the ventriloquist, is ventriloquist and stuff like that. He's like, "Yeah, they're in here," and I'm just like, "That's awesome!" Like, bring back that rogues gallery, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm 100%. Looking, I'm looking forward to that. Apparently, the first one is like a road trip story with Two-Face, which sounds really exciting. Sounds amazing. Uh, in terms of the new outfit, Capullo did it. I think it's great. I mean, yeah. I've seen the Jim Lee version and the Capullo version. I don't kind of, I kind of don't care about that stuff. But <laughs> I mean, look, Batman's always going to be Batman. Yeah. He's always going to have a cape. He's, as long I, as he kind of looks like a bat, it's fine. Yeah, and I know it's incorporated a bunch of the Jim Gordon bat suit, iron bat, whatever you want to call it. Apple seed uh, for all of you anime fans. It looked very similar with the rabbit ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's incorporated a bit of that look. Look, I haven't read any of that run yet. Did you read any of that? Yeah, I read the last few issues. Is yeah, I'm re- the most recent issue we talk about on the most recent st- serious issues um, was written by James Tinney and the Fourth, who is taking over yes. detec- Detective Comics. Okay, cool. And it's like a you know one and done kind of Tinney story. The Fourth did a bunch of the Batman Eternal stuff, didn't he? Yeah, and some and some backups in the main Batman yeah, comics too. Right. He, he gets Batman. Yeah, well, he's also he's kind of like Scott Snyder's protege. Yeah, cool. Um, Were you into the Gordon Batman, the Gord Bat. Uh, yeah, I, I just didn't. I didn't enjoy the villains that he was fighting at the time. I'm, I'm all for. Plume? Yeah, I thought that was a boring character. Yeah, yeah. Um, the new, new original character. Look for it in a movie in ten years, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, or maybe just like kind of like a second of it in CGI and, and Zack Snyder's nightmare coming your <laughs> coming your screens very soon. Um, Greg Rucker is returning to Wonder Woman, which is really That's exciting. Great. And, and Nicholas Scott is one of the artists. Um, That's very cool. They're double shipping a lot of the comics, like like Marvel do, which is a bit two scary because yeah, two a month is pretty yep. pretty insane for pretty much all the comics. Do you reckon um, that's a direct response to Marvel's all new all yeah whatever yeah? Because the Marvel are just thrashing DC when it comes to sales. Yeah, um, of single comics, I think DC still still uh you know have, have a good fight when it comes to trades but in any case I'm, I'm i'm being positive towards dc because i have not been positive to them towards them in a long while and siobhan and i will be reading every single first issue at the very least of rebirth once they relaunch uh in like less than a month it's next week that the uh rebirth number zero comes out yeah wow so we'll, we'll know if it's good or bad very very soon i'm looking forward to it um, cool, thanks Hamish um, Alexander Burnett asks Will Angus do another music segment for the new Drake record However painful that'll be for me, Lev Dog Wait, who wrote this? Alexander Burnett Oh, no, he didn't say I, I thought you meant you signed off at the end But you changed the pronoun You changed it to you Yeah um, Look, we don't need to talk about views I mean, I, we, you and I have definitely We can talk about, about it quickly I, yeah. think, I, think, I think Views is a really cool album and, it, and Look, I think um, I like I like. I know, I know it's your segment But I'm, I'm going to get my segment get Out of the way first uh, I think uh, I, uh, I think Drake Sookie Drake is, uh, is the Drake I like to listen to I don't I listen to enough rappers That are just good rappers I don't think Drake Is a particularly great rapper But I think he's a great Singer and a great artist and I love hearing him whinge and complain about women and his feelings. So the, I mean, that's the reason why I fell in love with Drake. He yeah. offered something different uh, in that hip-hop spectrum. He married all those things together. And I think it's great. I mean, he says it on hype. You know, Views already a classic. I mean, <laughs> obviously, he recorded those vocals four months ago. I think it's amazing. I know a lot of people find it's overstuffed and too long. To them, I say, what are you talking about? Have you ever heard a Drake album, Take Care, was 18 tracks? And that's not including the bonus tracks on yeah, the album. Yeah, like, totally. 
long albums is nothing new to Drake. And also, I feel like you can't really complain about a long album in 2016. Like, no one listens to a fucking album anymore. We're in an era of playlists. And that's a bummer in its own way. But for like, I I feel like it's a collection of tracks more than it's an album. We've seen a lot of artists this year bring out albums. um, Kanye West, Drake, James Blake, a lot of and Beyonce, Rihanna. This isn't part of the 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 theory that I've got, but a lot of them are 18 plus album track albums, and they're kind of things you can't fit on a physical disc. And I think these. You know, these artists are saying, well, no one has, you know, it's all this streaming, whatever. Um, I think it's fantastic. I think it's 40s album. His producer as much as it is The production is so sick on it. The production's amazing. Uh, I've got to say it's up there with my favorite Drake. That album contains a lot of my favorite Drake moments. I mean, top of my head, You With Me. Faithful, yeah, with a DMX. Uh, I think no, feel no ways is as good a song, is a better song. Feel than no Hold ways on. is my my favorite on the uh, on, on the record. I think it's a be- a better single than anything. I think that could, that song could is be number one. No, and it should be. I think controller is an incredible song. I think views is an I'm, man. I mean, he's written a, he's already written a James Bond theme. I think yeah, I mean, people are mad because it's a pop record. Because like I don't understand why I don't, I don't understand why you would listen to Drake be like do gangster rap it isn't like, it's not- Drake pop like from day one wasn't he always- I mean hold yeah. on we're going home take care the track the single like even like every you know, single um, of t- uh, thank me later was a you're the motherfucking best yeah best totally best yeah, I've yeah, had, best and, I've had. That's yeah. What, like that was a for me I mean yeah. he's always been pop I don't I did a, I did a, I did two Drake parties <laughs> for Halfway Crooks recently I was so there for one I played a hell of a lot of Drake tracks in the last in the last few weeks and I you're I, a connoisseur right? having a little bit of, a little bit of a Drake break but Drake um, break Look, Drake needs a Drake break. But I, I, I just think... And I, you and I have spoken about this offline, so we'll make it as quick as possible. I think a lot of people fell in love with Tough Drake from Worst Behaviour as a single and video. And then... And then the beef if that you're he reading had this, with... Um, the Meek Mill beef. And then the If You're Reading This Is Too Late mixtape, which I think I still think is great. But it's to me, it was a novelty. It was like, oh, he's Drake being tough. He's Drake doing diss tracks. He's Drake being like talking about him and the boys and all this stuff. And... That's not Drake. Drake's always been sensitive, little Jimmy, and the you know that that's yeah, always. And been even Drake. if it's an act, it's a good act. I think it's fun. It's fun, but to me, views is a far more real Drake record. Than, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think it's great. I, I'm a really big fan, and I would defend it. And a lot of people were turned off from it. I think he's too will fucking hate it. Yeah, a lot of our friends hate it. And yeah, yeah. It's just like, really, what are you talking about? No, big, big, big views fan. I got views for views. Uh, thank you so much. So now we're moving on to. Uh, Onto a uh, actually, I'll, I'll just a quick one here. This one's from David Parry. David, um, he says, "Hey, curious if you Anglo, Anglo F- fuckboys." <laughs> that was so the much. alternative. That's what we're known as in Europe. That's what Hey Fam is published there as. The Anglo fuckboys. Um, I'm curious if you Anglo fuckboys watched episodes two and three of Horace mm. and Pete. I saw this one earlier today. So this is uh, calling back to we watched the first episode of Louis C.K.'s sitcom Horace mm. and Pete a while ago. I, <laughs> he said, "I completely agree with you. The production sound on episode one was so bad." On episode two, they've tried to resolve it a bit by putting some atmosphere in, but sheesh, it's still awful. Bad obvious, bad audio, obviously not deliberate on Louis's part though. I dug it. Great performances and cast. Some of the writing is a bit laboured, as you noted, but there are some really funny moments. Alan Alda one-liners for the win. What are your thoughts? I have not watched anything beyond that first episode, sure. um, just because uh, I think I'm, I'm, I, I, I guess you know he was selling them for like five bucks an episode. Yeah, the first one was five. Then I think it jumped up to seven, and then he had this justification that oh, but the next one will be four. It was super weird. 
I mean, in the end, just spending 20 bucks for three episodes. And is that how many? He, did, he didn't do any more beyond that? It was just three. Just three. Okay, I was going to say, well, if, you, if you released the entire collection thinking that it was going to be 10 or something. No, it was going to be three. I, I mean, I guess knowing that, that there's only three, I probably will be more inclined to go and watch, watch them. Because the... the uh, I mean, I thought the first was like, it wasn't, it was far from bad, but it was, it was a very, you know, strange thing that existed. And I thought it was, a, you mm. know, I thought that was it. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I thought it ended kind of neatly as like a, you know, a play co- of conflict. You think it was a play. And exactly. Was yeah. yeah. And I, 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 I didn't really have that much of a problem with the audio either. I kind of, for me. No, that, I didn't I have it. it. I just noticed it was very amateurish. It, it just felt it like a, a, I was watching a play. Yeah. It looked like somebody had literally, you know, set up some cameras and filmed a school play. Um, I was speaking to a guy at work recently who was like, oh, have you watched it? I know you're a Louis fan. I was like, no. And he said, well, I, I hadn't watched it either, but I listened to this week's, I hate doing cross promos for Mark Maron, but uh, Louis did a, you know, recently a big chat about the whole experience on WTF and, you know, how much money he put into it, setting himself a challenge, saying we're not going to, we're going to make it look like this. We want to have really morose script and kind of went out of his way apparently this is third-hand information, mind you. So it could be wrong. This guy could be pulling my yank in my chain, but it made me actually want to go and watch two and three. And he's like, Alan Alda wasn't my first choice. Joe Pesci was. I went to Joe. Oh whoa! He read the script. He's like, this is amazing. But he's like, I've done this before. I don't want to do it. Fuck. But then was apparently calling him during it, going, Hey, hey, hey! You know the character is going to play. Maybe he should do something like this in that episode. And was actually giving notes, and they were writing it for Alan Alda. Man, I wish you could have designed a cameo or something. I know. Instead. When I heard that, that made me want to watch. I was like, "It is Pesci. Pesci is a pissed off old racist bartender." And he was like, they hung out, but apparently, as much as he said, like, "No, nah, I've already done it. I've done that role before." But he was still loved the script, loved the characters, and was just ever. You know, like a well of kind of take Fuck. this. So I'm like, man, I, I want to go back and watch them now. I want Joe Pesci to just randomly call me and give me life advice. Imagine Pesci calling up. I always picture him with that uh, golden, the, the glint tooth from yeah. Home Alone. Every time he would hang up the phone, I'd be like, yeah, Pesci. Blink. Uh, how, yeah, no, I haven't watched two and three. However, after hearing that and hearing that it was an experiment, perhaps it was a failed experiment. But, you know, people really like it. I, but I mean, I think Louis might even see it himself. I don't know if it made money back. I mean, I know, I, you know, I mean, it was, it was a very particular vibe. It was a very particular I mean, it was like a real 70s. I mean, everyone was calling it like a depressing version of Cheers, which it essentially was. Yeah. There's a particular showrunner or, you know, some... Yeah, we said that. There's a particular showrunner or some from the 70s uh, who was referenced a lot. That show, I, I don't know who it was. I wasn't watching TV in the 70s. I wasn't born idiots, but... We were, know, we were recording our Hey Hey it's Saturday podcast <laughs> in, in utero. the 70s. Though, we're yeah. doing it in utero. Uh, we're just a glint in our father's and mother's eyes. But having heard that stuff, I would like to go back to watch it, but it, not anytime soon. But, you know, if it's there and, hey, I've got some time to kill. Mm, definitely. Maybe we should watch it together. Okay. Yeah, and I think knowing that it's only three. Uh, the, the reason I was hesitant was just I, I thought it was going to be like a long series and it was going to have to be like five to seven bucks an episode. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked the way it was distributed. I liked the way it was Me too. announced out of nowhere. I liked the cast, like stupid, stupid cast. But having said that, it was just quite jarring. And not in a bad way, but I don't think I was prepared for it. Mm. Mm. Uh, cool. Thanks, David. Um, Thanks, Dave. Right. So, we're going to end on... Uh, <laughs> we got a string here, haven't we? Or? The Hey Fam, Super Fam. Um, this is Josh Guskett, and he has sent us one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight questions cool. in one. Um, so, Josh, first question is... And hey, keep them coming too, Josh. And everyone listening, please keep them coming. Keep coming. This, 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 is really, this is really fun. Yeah. Um, HeyFamPodcast at gmail.com, or you can just hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash HeyFamPodcast. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Angus, who is the character you most want to see on the big screen? 
doesn't matter who owns them. Just like character. I, 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 maybe he meant comic book character, but just character. Um, look, years ago I would have said Tintin. I kind of got the world's best treatment. With, I defend this film to the day I die. Uh, you know, Spielberg's Tintin was masterful. You've got a master director, great storyteller, great everything. I mean, I don't know. That's a really hard question. Yeah. Because that was my go-to for years. And then it actually happened with it was what really I thought good. was an amazing adaptation. I it love was, that. It was but perfect. Yeah. Has one of, it still has to this day, I think, the best chase scene in any film. I, I reckon it was like one of the biggest influences for... Um, Uncharted? For, for, no, for Force Awakens. Oh, for Force Awakens. Oh, totally. You know how that, it's just like that frantic nonstop action? Yeah, it was yeah. nonstop and you kind of... There's a MacGuffin somewhere, but there's a lot of... Yeah, I would have said Tintin, but sadly that was realized. I would have said Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. That was realized, and again, I thought it was a great adaptation. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, shit, I don't really know. I would, I, w- I wouldn't mind. Man, no, it's really tough. I really don't know. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, man. I mean, we're kind of at this amazing era where, you know, back back in primary school, would be like, how cool would a movie be about this thing or that? And we're actually just getting them handed to us. We're not only getting. A plus characters. We're getting C characters with A plus character budgets behind it. I mean, you know what? Technically, probably incorrect, but I want to see a Spider-Man Marvel movie, and that's happening. Yeah, okay. That to me is really cool. Here's my big wish: is that we get a proper version of Doctor Doom. Very great. That's we've a had great two, answer. Two Fantastic Four movies dude, that gave us the crappiest dude, iterations. Good Fantastic Four movie. That's my answer. Yeah, I mean, I love the Fantastic Four, but more than anything, like Doctor Doom is probably my favorite villain of all time. My favorite costume and just my do it justice. Do the whole franchise motives. justice. Yeah. Definitely, but like more than anything, I don't like because yeah, like Doom's great in, in fan, as a Fantastic Four. But he's a great villain. Villain, but as a villain, he's a villain, he's been a, you know he, he's been a villain in a Daredevil comic. He's been a yeah. villain in Avengers. He's like been a villain for everybody in the Marvel universe. He's a great tragic villain as well. And like, I don't know. Apparently, like re- this this week, Fox actually said when that they're going to, they're going to make Fantastic Four too, or they're they're they're, they're, they're same producer it at the Simon moment. Kinberg's involved again, really Fuck. spearheading it. But it's just like. Come on, guys. Please just give it up. Give it to just Marvel. Please, at least just give Marvel Doom. You can't... Just give them the franchise. Because, like, even if you bring... After, like, I don't know. Spoilers for that piece of shit movie that you don't oh, even need to see them anyway. already. But, like, they did the crappiest version of Doctor Doom ever and they killed him by the end of the, of the movie. That's true. So, if they do... They, obviously, they can, they can do something with their Fantastic Four again. Give Doom to Marvel. But please just give Doom to Marvel. Let someone do something good with Victor Von Doom. He's such a sick character. Yeah. Wasn't he not even called that in the new one? Yeah, well, he's yeah, kind of. Yes and no. Terrible. It's the worst. Terrible. So yeah, all right, that's that's one question number one. Sure. Um, what is your ideal Star Wars spin-off film? What do you want? I want something. Look, as much as I'm all for Star Wars and a Star Wars film in the cinema every year, it seems like every spin-off that's been announced. I mean, there's only been two so far: Rogue One, Han- Rogue One, Han Solo. Mm-hmm. The rumor being the other one uh, that. Josh Trank was working on, uh, director of Fantastic Four, was a Boba Fett film. I'd say 90% that was true. It seems that every spinoff has been involving classic trilogy characters because we've spoken about this as well on Hey Fan before because it's been such an easy sell to people. Like, hey, remember the Star Wars movies you actually liked? Here's a movie set in that era. Oh, great. Here's my money. I just want something outside of that. I want a background character. I want a whole new character. I don't want anyone to do with the Skywalkers. I don't want anyone to have ever met the Skywalkers. That's what the episodes are for now. I mean, even as Rogue One's being pitched as that at some stage, 
Princess Leia gets those plants. Who's her dad? Fucking Anakin Skywalker. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. I just want a removed film. I want a film set in the Star Wars galaxy. I want like a comedy. I want, you know, I want something different. Like, I, this is what I love for the spin-offs. It's going to be risky. I want animated films that are spin-offs. I would love Pixar to do a Star Wars spin-off like movie and it be yeah. canon. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. That's a huge idea. Like, I think that's awesome. I think... I just think I want something that's not Star Wars, you know. I want clerks, but Star Wars. I want two guys working at Toshi Station for a movie and, like, a, a movie that costs a million dollars to make. Like, that's exciting to me. Definitely. I want stuff like that. Not, oh, sorry, but Toshi Station's linked to Luke Skywalker. But I just want something outside of the original trilogy. Definitely. Mold. A big thing has been do Knights of the Old Republic. I'm all for it. Go do it. Let's get a, you know, let's get another franchise happening within Star Wars. Um, we spoke about it with Steel when he was on, but I, I would have, we, we brought up the idea of doing like just a, 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 set, a series that was set. Jabba's Palace. Jabba's Palace or Mos Eisley Cantina. Yep. Or a Bounty Hunters movie. Yeah. Just like that's in, not- instead of like, you know, using the characters as a familiar point, have the destinations as the familiar point because this is the universe that we love too. I mean, I can see why the first three spinoffs are probably going to be original trilogy characters. That's a huge hook. Mm. But let's, I can't wait to get outside of that. You know, Definitely. even do like a clone troopers movie, like a Saving Private Ryan, just from the point of view of clone troopers or something like that from Clone Wars. Like, there's still a 20-year gap of stuff we don't know what happened between episode three to episode four. That would be amazing. I mean, that Star Wars series I mentioned earlier, that would be prime. I think a Bounty Hunters movie or comic sick. or anything like that, like, seeing the, that point of view yeah. is so different because, you know, they, they only care about themselves. They're in yeah. it for the money. It'd be they awesome. have no honor. And you can play around. Like, the thing with Star Wars films, there's a few rules. Like, you, you don't do flashbacks. You don't do out-of-order scenes, like Star Wars is very much... There's some rules you need to stick to in making it. It's, sh- mm. it's shot on a certain film ratio. It always starts with... Are a they crawl. important no matter what No matter what the story is about? It has to do that for you, do you reckon? Or No, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the Skywalker rules, the episodes. Yep. I would love for these other films to just play around. Do a flashback here. Jump through time. Like, do a story out of order. Like, I think Steel, that... Steel just threw a knife at the picture of your face that he has on the back of his Look, door. that's what the Skywalker saga's for. <laughs> we don't need... We don't need the spin-offs to, I think, replicate those. Let's do animated films. Let's do everything. I just think that's the most exciting thing. Get as many people involved. Fresh ideas. Just that universe is good. It, it's like... It's like getting the keys to Disneyland or something. Like, you can have so much fun with that. Just go stupid with it. But not stupid, but have love and respect. But Not zany. Not zany. Be experimental <laughs> with it, you know? Um, all right. Who is your... Do you prefer Marvel or DC overall? I mean, right now. Yeah, right now I say Marvel. Marvel but um, we this week got the horrible news that um, one of our favorite comic book creators, Darwin Cook, passed away yeah, last weekend. Really sad. And um, he has written... Lots of my absolute favorite iterations of DC characters, like Catwoman, um, I mean, he's Superman, much Green Lantern. The modern look of Catwoman. Yeah, absolutely. The one the, that the you one play in Arkham today. Asylum, yeah. the one you play, like, that is his, with the pilot goggles, and yeah. that's his Catwoman. But he, uh, w- w- again, to, to plug serious issues again, we spoke, we, get, we recommended all of our favorite Darwin Cook comics. That's the best place but to do it. he writes the version of the DC comics that I want to read. And thinking about his comics this week, made me realize that maybe I am a... Like, I do love DC a little bit more than Marvel from a character point of view, but Marvel is definitely making better decisions and putting out better stories today. And, right now, and they're, they're currently kicking absolute butt because, yep. you know, they've got, they've got an amazing film. They've got, like, 20 films behind them, which are all box office gold. They've got... 
but yeah, you know, I love both companies. I love I love characters I love both. in this both. This is just a rough them. patch I, for DC right definitely. now. Definitely, it, I think Marvel's had rough patches. Everyone has rough absolutely. patches. Absolutely, and this is right now Marvel's. Do- I mean, we're, we're talking about two guys that just saw Civil War a couple of weeks ago, and twice, you know, twice. Well, some of us. And Fuck! Did you hear? Did you see the, the, the thing that people were sharing this week that we didn't pick up on when we watched it? No. <laughs> So, you know how the Russo brothers who directed Civil War before yeah. they directed this and, and, and with a soldier, soldier. Oh, they, did they did Community, community and um, Happy Endings and Arrested Development. Oh, um, they did Happy Endings, right. So, when... Um, did they do Arrested Development? Yeah, they did Arrested Development. They shot the pilot and countless episodes in that. So, Jesus. in the airport scene, the big fight scene, Ant-Man and everyone, they're fighting in front of planes and yeah. airport stuff. Guess what's there? The Bluth I was about to say car. the Bluth. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's amazing. There's a still. There's a. There's a we'll share it on our page tomorrow. That's I couldn't incredible. believe I missed it. So cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but look, I mean, I think there's an, there's reasons to love Marvel and DC equally. It's like the Beatles and the Stones. Yeah, you know, it's like you, you yeah, have yeah everyone loves the Beatles more. <laughs> yeah, the Beatles were the better band than one that's remembered because Spider Man was in them, <laughs> but. Batman was cooler and Mick Jagger fucked heaps of chicks. So, I don't know. It's like you figure it out. No, I mean, right. Look, I love both. Uh, to me, I think I even said this to you. I, in 20 years, they're both going to be owned by the same multi-conglomerate Fuck. company. Duck. Like, we both know this. It, it's, it's probably a reality. It is a reality. Yep. And, you know, there will be shared universes, that, that horrible phrase we all cringe at. But right now, I, I love both. Like, to me... The way I'd, I've been saying it, like I, I'm a huge fan of Marvel Universe right now, but Batman is still my favorite comic book character of all time and probably will be. Yeah. I have real trouble these days saying who my favorite anything is. Yeah. That's because we're old. It's uh, like even the Drake album. We can't say what our favorite Drake album is. <laughs> um, all right. Your favorite character, comics or movies? This is a very, this is, this is exactly They're what it is. They're very broad, aren't they? I, I mean, this is our man, Joshua Augusta. He's asking the hard questions. He's yeah. getting the good, the good topics out of us. All right. You go first. Um... Uh, I mean, I, I guess being a dad has has fucked me up, fam. I, I don't I, think so. I now... Um, no, 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 no. As in... Oh, yeah. No, Archie's my favorite character. No, I mean... Okay, my, my favorite video game character is Yoshi. Yeah. Um, the green dinosaur who So, should we things. go video game, movie, comic? Um, yeah, I, I guess if you can. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a bit hard. Com- comic book character. I mean, like, yeah, it is very easy just to say Batman. But I mean, like, it changes all the time. I love Doctor Doom. I think Doctor Doom is, a, is, a, is, a, mm-hmm. is an amazing character. That's a great that's, answer. That's, a real real underdog character i mean um, I, I i love a, i love i love the character the bad guy that you learn to love i think it's just a mm. great trope well i love the joker i mean he's still you know the archetype for best villain ever this is in terms of comics mm, totally Comic yeah, yeah. character joker for me like there doesn't come anyone else that's as you know i mean actors are clamoring to play this guy people are dying to write him he's pretty much you're given the keys to him and it's like you can do whatever you want. It's so because funny. Because there's no rules. We both have like, you know, we can both talk at length about why we choose the comic book characters that we love. But I just said I like Yoshi as my video game character. And I'm like, why do I love Yoshi? He is a green lizard and he makes, meow, he meow, makes, meow, he makes cute meow, noises. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> That's it, that little time. No, Yoshi's great. Yoshi is always my Mario Kart character. I can see where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, I think it's just that there's, that, that there's a visual attraction just as a fan. Like Video game? I've got to say Kaz... Uh, <laughs> 
Kaz uh, Kazuhara, Kaz Miller, Kazuhara Miller from Metal, Metal Gear Solid. Just because he's what such took a, you so long, Angus? He's such a tragic character. He's the best friend of the hero of the game, and you never really get that perspective in games. He's kind of the Luigi to the Metal Gear Solid series. You know, he's kind of like the second best, and he's just bitter and old, and then he has a kind of shitty death. And <laughs> yeah, I think Kazuhara Miller is my favorite video game character, film character. I mean, I'm um, um, Han Solo. Like, it's, yeah. it's so obvious. It's stupid. I mean, he's the guy that we... He, people say Luke Skywalker was the... You know, he's like the hook for that series. He's the emotional uh, compass, if you will. He's the, you know, the Joseph Miller uh, journey of the hero character that you follow. You know, the farm boy who learns he's a wizard. No one fucking learns they're a wizard. <laughs> Hansel, like Hansel, is the everyday man. Yeah, and he, that's that, I think that's why Harry, Hansel, Harry Potter was he was a wizard. Yeah, Harry Harry was a big wizard, but I think I, it, film it's super boring. I'm sorry for that answer. Or Pee Wee no, Herman, I really like Pee Wee Herman. Really? Yeah, I think Big Pee Wee's yeah. Big Adventure is like one of the greatest I movies love, ever made. Yeah, totally. But everything beyond that is like I mean I like the show. Yeah, I mean, Pee Wee's Playhouse is fantastic. Great, big Top was not. Pee-wee. What was the, what, what's the new Netflix movie like? Uh, Pee Wee's Road Trip. It's not bad. Okay. I'm Pee tragic, so I'm saying it's not bad. I've got to watch it again. I mean, there's some very, really funny moments in it, but, you know, Pee for me is... I mean, that's I, th- I think that's one of the most perfect films ever made. Oh, Pee-wee's so movie. it's easily Tim Burton's best movie. Oh, hands best down. Movie. He's hands never down. made a better movie. Hands down. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Captain Haddock's another fictional character that comes to mind. I think, again, but that's the Han Solo thing. Yeah. He's, where Tintin is, is kind of this asexual... Like, I, I think of Luke Skywalker as asexual. There's no romance. There's nothing. He's kind of... This good, this 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 visage of just pure goodness, and then that's why Han Solo is interesting because he's kind of the guy who gets stubble and the guy who will bruise himself while fighting. And to me, that's who Captain Haddock is in Tintin. Um, it's actually fun talking really these really broad things because, like, I can say that like my my probably my favorite one of my favorite TV and movie characters mm. is Rolf the dog from the Muppets. Mm. <laughs> Rolf's awesome. He used to have a song on the Muppets cassette. I used to be obsessed with. I used to have this Muppets cassette, which I borrowed from a neighbor and it was a cassette from like the eighties and it was like vintage Muppets would have been taped off a of vinyl. It was a taped one as well. And it yeah. was like one of their first proper Muppets albums. Amazing. For the Muppets show, not another films. And it was like, he did this really great piece. I used to be obsessed with it. I've been, yeah, I don't have it. I, I actually have like a, um, yeah, you probably do. I've been collecting, um, I remember you have uh, di- different Muppet recordings because it's the only music I can listen to in the car with Archie in it. Cause he's, so he knows, he knows what swear words are now. Um, or he might, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to find we out. We don't want to find out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Muppet and Sesame street. And I found one called, um, old brown eyes is back and it's, um, it's a Rolf know. the dog live album. And one of the last Jesus. things that Jim Henson recorded. Really? That's really, really cool. Oh, um, wow. And you know, in general, all of Jim Henson's voice. I actually love Frank Earls as well. But, I mean, for me, my two favorite Muppets are Rolf the Dog and Ernie. Ernie's beautiful. Ernie's yeah, Ernie so was always my good. favorite. I remember the yeah. rubber ducky sequence in Sesame Street where he has it and the whole house starts flooding and stuff. Yeah. That's one of the best ever Sesame Street sequences. I mean, we're talking about Sesame Street skits. Like, people talk about SNL skits. Dude, I would much rather watch Sesame Street <laughs> so, than Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah no, I love Sesame Street. <laughs> Yeah. Another character, and this is so weird and esoteric. I really liked Garth Algar. Who's that? From Wayne's oh, World. Oh, from Wayne's World. Fuck. Because that was his last name. Wayne was kind of like the. Uh, I watched those movies religiously. Like, I'd watch one and two. I used to wear the tape out. Like, I was obsessed with them. I think it just showed me, like, at a young age, that it was like a really. They really highlighted what it was like to be a sidekick. Right. Not that I feel like a sidekick, especially not now, but I thought it was interesting as a kid to see that, like, we're always told stories from, like, you know, Batman's point of view and never Robin's. 
which is why I love like Robin centric issues sometimes or something like sure, that. Like no, it was totally. just kind of like you know Garth does have his comeuppance and he's like, you know what? I don't like being a site. Like it's not always about you and stuff. And I find those moments really interesting and liberating. Red licorice. Yeah, red licorice. I mean, hey, Miss uh, Miss Horny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know that was a really broad question, but I, I that's was fun. grasping at straws. Yeah, Captain Haddock. That's not grasping at straws. That's, that's, that, we, we, we would never talk Garth about Wayne, Wayne and yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of stuff that we try to keep it week by week for SEO. I mean. <laughs> um, all right. Um, uh, the flip of that, the least favorite character that you positively despise. Um, Zack Snyder. <laughs> you have to agree well, with What you. Zack Snyder did to characters that I love, like despise what he did. Yeah. Um, I uh, no, I mean, I don't love the character of Harley Quinn. Yeah, sure, I can um, see. I, that. I loved her in uh, in the animated series, and I I just I think now she's become way too like fourth wall breaking, and she's kind of like the, the analogy the Deadpool of Deadpool. So much to the point that that De- that Marvel have just launched Gwenpool, which is like a female version of yeah. Deadpool, which just feels like you're reading an, Harley a, Quinn. A, yeah, I, I I'm I'm really over that kind of comic book character. I'm look look I. Looking forward to whatever Harley Quinn does in film. No, they just announced they're doing a Harley Quinn solo Harley movie. Quinn? Yeah, well, not not a solo film per se, but she'll be spearheading and producing a DC female film. And you know what? That's what DC need to do. I mean, Marvel have been so reticent. I mean, we found out this. What's interesting on the flip side of that, we found out the original villain for Iron Man three because Shane Black, the director, who's promoing his new film with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. The, the which looks the, sick. I want to see that. It looks amazing. It looks it's like Hollywood. a 70s version of Lethal Weapon, which he wrote. Uh, the Nice Guys. The nice guys yeah. yeah, I'm dying. To, that's one of my, like, one of my like, most wanting to watch films this week. He revealed that um, the, the original villain for Iron Man 3 was the assistant to Killian, uh, who was played by Guy Pearce. The person that Tony Stark knew. Remember, there's a female character who's friends with. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. And at the eleventh hour, he was like the best thing would be if it was like no, it was her all along pulling the strings. She's the Mandarin, and Disney said no, no toy sales. That famous thing we've heard, and oh, he's God. revealed that. So it's just like amazing that DC. That was that guy Perlmutter who 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 who's still unfortunately part of it, and still making these calls. The reason why we don't have a Black Widow movie. The reason why Captain well, Marvel... They actually announced that they are working on a Black Widow. I know it's not just a movie. Priority. But yeah, now. I know it's priority film and yeah, they yeah. want to put it in phase four. Phase three, sorry. But I think it's very cool that, you know, DC have taken a huge L with Batman v Superman. I mean, one of the most hated films this year. Definitely. Uh, and they're saying, well, you know what we're doing? Not only Wonder Woman, but we're doing a female-centric, like, birds of prey for all intents and purposes. Mm. But, you know, with Harley, everyone, and produced by Margot Robbie, and when, and Gail Simone tweeted about it yesterday, and she's like, I need to be part of this DC movie. No, and I'm just like, that's awesome. Like, yes, you do, who's yeah. a, a fantastic DC writer. It probably won't um, happen, because the, the world is suck, sucks like that. Well, no, I think it will happen. I mean... No, no, I mean, the movie will happen. I said, I probably, probably oh, won't no, get Gail no. involved. I mean, they need to get... I mean, yeah, yeah. DC need to do anything right now. We spoke about last episode or the week before about all these directors leaving, you know, these films post-Batman totally. v yeah. Superman. This sounds refreshing. I mean, this is an advantage of not announcing your 10-year plan like Marvel did and now they're furiously reshuffling everything based on audience feedback. Yeah. No Inhumans, Black Panther up ahead, New Spider... You know what I mean? It's kind of interesting. So, yeah, I mean... What was the question? Famous, <laughs> famous question. So characters that you don't like. Yeah, I mean, you don't like Harley Quinn. I don't know. Like, if, there are like a character. There's that famous at. saying that there are no bad characters; there are just bad writers. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like Shrek. 
<laughs> Shrek's fucked. I don't like the Smash Mouth guy. He's a weird character. I'm into Guy Fieri though. Bad character? I don't know. Like, bad interpretations of characters. Yeah. That's something I can't handle. I thought I didn't like Deadpool until I saw the film. I yeah. I found quite annoying and... Just- I, I, I don't... I, I like... Deadpool in a comic in a, on one page, but not, yes. not an entire issue. Which is why it still blows me out the movie was as enjoyable as it was. It's, it's so, isn't it cool that that movie is going to finish this year making way more, more than Batman v Superman? It's amazing. And um, uh, Civil War has already surpassed. Or characters I don't like, anyone on Game of Thrones. I We've never spoken about Game of Thrones on Hey Fan, I've never watched it. I don't, I don't want to pass any judgment. I watched season one twice to try mm. and give it the benefit of the doubt. Whoa! Yeah, I watched season one once, then was like, I'm not into it. Then season three was coming out, and I was like, all aboard the hype train, and rewatched Wait, season one, then rewatched, then watched for the first time season two. And by the end of it, I was like, you know what? Everyone on this show, a looks the same. They're all wet with brown, curly, long hair, and just decrepit. Everyone is a fucking horrible person. Even people like, oh no, uh, Peter Dinklage's character is great. No, he's a dick too. Like, I don't know. I do need that moral compass. I need that Ray or Luke Skywalker for me to kind of get a hook in on a show. I mean, even saying that, like Breaking Bad had Jesse Pinkman. Like, he was a kind of good moral compass despite his start. He said bitch too much. But yeah, that, that anyone on that show, I don't like. I, You're right. Sorry, I'm probably ostracized a lot of fans. Or I hate Game no, of No, it's Thrones. funny. I, I, I listen to a lot of, uh, you know, for want of a better word, geek podcasts and I will always go like, oh God, they're talking about Game of Thrones. Skip, 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 skip. Yeah, I just, I've given it so many chances and I just don't care for it. I don't count it as like... I find it cheap I, I don't. I don't, no, I, I don't want to like shit on it too much, but I just don't count on it, count it as the same thing as, you know, everything no, else No, because everyone like. watches it. Mums watch it. Like it's very, look, this is going to lose. People are going to hate me. That's you're okay. Team Cap you, or Team fine. Iron Man, if they have me. I think it's a really basic show. I think right. A lot of people get into it who don't watch things, or they're like, "Oh, this is my nerdy show." It's like such an entry level nerdy thing, right? And I've probably just lost a lot of listeners there. I, I, well, I had like I have some good friends that really love the books and the show. I don't know. We have lots of friends that love the show. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Well, sorry, they're not my friends. They're thanks a friends. lot, Joshua Guskett. Yeah, thanks for making me say it. Look, I just don't get it, okay? And it's probably more to do with me. I probably... Look, to answer your question, I hate me the most. I'm the <laughs> character I hate is because I don't get Game of Thrones. Amazing. So, I want everyone back because they're like, mm, for him. All right. Um, what is the movie that you are most anticipating? Just Star Wars Episode Eight. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Avengers Infinity War. Infinity War. It's an easy question. Thank you for that it's one, It's an easy Joshua. question, yeah. Um... How do you guys... They don't call that anymore. Did you see that? Oh, great. It was an easy question. What it is was. It? That's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's called Infinity War Part 1 and 2 as a holder. But yeah, it's, it's going to be no, no, something different. No, no, they're like... They, they want them to be... That originally, it was pitched as like a Part 1 and a Part 2. They're like, they're going to be two standalone films now. Oh, crazy. They gave a big thing this week. Oh, uh, last week. Uh, the yeah, Russos, so much fucking news this week. Yeah, Russo's are like, no, we don't want you to think it's going to be a... To be continued, dot, dot, dot. They said they're two very much standalone films. So, to get that across, we're retitling them. The subtitles will not have mentioned the word Infinity War. They're going to be two very standalone. So, th- again, I think Marvel are furiously reshuffling there. I mean, maybe they've realized that the, the Thanos has the- no development. Maybe they need to develop Thanos more. Like, yeah. he's literally smiled and sat on a chair. Like, shit is a villain ever. I know it worked for the Emperor in Star Wars, but at least that guy got some, like, you know, at least people were talking about him. I feel no like one's the, spoken about They're, they're going to de- develop him a little bit in the next Guardians movie, right? And then, and then a little bit more in the first... Yeah, whatever. Maybe. I mean, we don't know. I mean... 
Thanos just showed up again in uh, a comic book I'm reading in the moment called The Ultimates, and it's fucking great. Oh, yeah. Who's in The Ultimates? That's got uh, Galactus, like, right? Yeah, but Galactus is no longer the uh, the taker of life. He is the giver of it. It's fucking great. So the, and, and it's Black do you Panther have stuff from Captain the Ultimate Marvel. Universe? Uh, no, it's okay. just the name. Um, yeah. yeah, it's super fun. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, probably my favorite, second favorite Marvel comic after Vision. Vision. Yeah. Wow. You heard it here second yeah absolutely serious issues it's a great serious podcast issues, download it um how do you guys like michael keaton to play the spider-man villain in spider-man homecoming well, also I- do you like the title um so since josh has sent this it's i don't think he's michael keaton's gonna be in the movie anymore. he's also not not in it what he's also not not in it. like it hasn't been announced who's in it besides That's tom true. holland uh and uh, robert downey jr mr tommy so I'll, i'm all for him playing vulture who's a rumored villain i think it'd be excellent i mean he pretty much got the, I guess, Birdman was his audition. I love him, the idea of him playing like a really over-the-top theatrical, yeah. uh, old, grisly kind of... Same, and it lends itself to the Marvel Universe, Cinematic Universe. Definitely. Um, I'm all for it. The title, Homecoming, look, they've got to separate it from the other Spider-Man films, and I think a subtitle is the best thing. Also, a subtitle is not anything new to the Marvel Universe. In fact, Iron Man is the only series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which keeps numerical, mm. you know, it's like called Captain America First Avenger, Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, uh, you know, same for Thor, it's got Full of Dark World, Ragnarok. I think just calling a Spider-Man Homecoming is kind of going to, it works well because, you know, it's based off of, you know, him coming back in the black suit, etc. But I think it also ties itself well to a Marvel, the Marvel Universe canon, there's that C word again. And have a shot. Yeah, have a shot. You're drunk now, definitely. I, I, I don't know. I, I think the title's fine. And also, this is, you know, set in high school. Homecoming is, is a huge part of American high school. I think I think the title could work on a couple of levels. Especially if uh, Iron Man shows up to that homecoming dance. Oh, we know he's going to. We know he's going to be the Uncle Ben ghost of this series. Um, someone asked the Russo brothers if it was intentional that one of the trigger words for the Winter Soldier is homecoming. Yeah, I was wondering um, that. But apparently, when I was it was purely it. coincidence. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, all right. Last question from Josh Goskett. Do you guys give a fuck about X Men Apocalypse? I don't not give a fuck about it, but also I would watch it on a streaming service yeah, as I, much I, as I would on film. I've watched every single X Men movie so far on the plane. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I've watched all. I, they're, 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 I've only watched them on planes. Are you like, serious? Yeah, Do you yeah. want to go get a flight in a few months and yeah, watch? Yeah, I can't wait. Where should we go? Bros on a plane. We should do this. I've watched every X Men except the last. I haven't seen the most recent Wolverine movie. It's the only one I haven't seen. You haven't seen it? I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, spoiler alert: There was like a shitty over the top CG villain at the end. Silver Samurai was became Silver Cyborg Samurai. Great. Yes. Uh, and sucked the adamantium out of Wolverine. Wait, I still don't get what happened. He sucked the adamantium out of him. And then in Days of Future Past, is he Bones? I forget. Yeah, he's Bones. And that's because of that. Is it? Right. Yeah. Okay. But Isn't, I, isn't I, it just because he hasn't had the adamantium put on him then because it's set too far back in time? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. That was Yeah, timelines. Look, okay, Brian Singer. See what you're doing, but the timelines still affect me immortals. Like I, I just see the XM movies as like you know they're, they're just like this goofy fun kind of romp, but they're not really that. Some of them aren't that fun, but they're just their own thing. Like I feel, yeah. like I don't really even count them as superhero movies. I mean, look, X Men Two is very great. I found. Um, I, don't, I know you didn't like Days of Future Past that much. 
I no, I, I like I like it fine. I just you thought preferred the, uh, first class, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, I, I thought they're fine. I, I like thought, I like all of the Days of the Future Past stuff set in the past. I hate all of the stuff set in the future. Yeah, there's I, I just a lot of leaps of faith. Why, why does giving, Kitty Pride exactly. have time travel? Like why? Th- yeah, like things that just should be explained. I mean, perfect casting. What to say for any X Men movie? Still, Patrick Stewart as Professor X is so still. He's going to be in the next Wolverine movie, which is which apparently is old man be, Logan narrated. Yeah. But yeah. how are you going to do it without? Any of the MCU. I don't know. Um, is it going to be a matter... 20th Century Fox can be holding that by their lifeless fingers, aren't they? The rights to X-Men. Yeah, well, they make a lot of money off it. They make... It's the only money they make. Is it really? They used to have Star Wars. Do they have Shrek? No. No one has Shrek. <laughs> Shrek has Shrek. I mean, look, I care... You and I have acquired some free tickets. We're going to go see it. We're going to go see it. Next episode, we'll talk about Apocalypse. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Look, I, I, I'm interested to see it. I mean, it's got a lot of people I like. Oscar Isaacs. You know, I think Isaac. That's how much I like him. I chuck an S on the end of his name. Because you wish there were more of him. I think there, there should be more. But I don't care enough. Because, and you know what? I think it's because we know that it's such a tiny, singular universe. That now, it's almost like when someone signs up to a streaming service or someone signs <laughs> up to something, they're like... But which, which one am I going to get invested in? With Marvel right now, it's the best bang for buck. Mm. If you're going to follow a bunch of superhero movies, go see the Marvel ones because you know there's actually going to be repercussions. People will reappear with the X-Men. It's such a tiny universe yeah. at the moment. It, it's, it's, not almost ti- like, it's not the tiniest of it. it just, for me, it just feels like, you know, like the Hunger Games or something like that. It's like, oh, cool, yeah. this thing. They made another one. Good for them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... The Deadpool movie definitely makes me a bit more interested in the X-Men universe because <laughs> they have to tie him in somehow soon. Yeah. And that makes it seem a lot more fun than me whereas you know Brian Singer has kind of been doing the same kind of thing for quite a few movies now yeah yeah. I mean it was great they got him back for Days of Future Past I mean people forget like he hadn't really done an X-Men movie for over 10 years but you know he's still done four of them now so yeah, yeah. but the four good ones yeah sure uh, First Class is better than, than all of his movies I think really? oh the first I really like the first X-Men movie I, I, I don't, pretty I don't, problematic. Watch it again. I mean, it was the first of. I mean, without X Men One, we would have no. We wouldn't be having this podcast. It was <laughs> the reason they made every superheroes good. I mean, it was the first profitable superhero movie. Make superhero movies good again. It was. It was. Yeah. I mean, post Batman and Robin, that was the thing that brought people back. But that'd been in development hell for like 10, 15 years. Yeah, of and, course. You know, they had to. Yeah. I mean, it's quite problematic in parts. It's fine. It's very much just a series of one-liners and a lot of script. No, characters. I really, I, I really like it. I, really? I, I saw it like last year. Yeah, I, I really like the. First. I think, I think it, like has a really great pace. I think it's. You know what? I think it could be our generation's Dick Donner Superman. Yeah. Like, it's quite lighthearted. Whereas I watched X2, X-Men 2, thinking it was going to be, like, you know, as good as... But, like, yeah, it's actually, like, I found that one kind of tedious. Whereas the first one just has, like, a a rollicking pace. It feels a bit campy. It's very campy. But, like, I was fine with that. Campy's fine. Yeah. And the only consistency is, and, you know, God God bless him, Hugh Jackman looks better in Days of Future Past than he does in X-Men 1. Like, he's got that amazing curse where people end up looking, like, more amazing in their older age. (laughs) Uh yeah, look, I'll take it or leave it. But I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I I'm a sucker for period pieces, and I I love First Avenger for that reason. I like when a superhero movie sets, and like I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman for that very reason. Yeah, I heard that they don't really have that much fun with the 80s setting. Sure, but um, yeah, but we've I, heard the next one's gonna be the 90s. Why set a movie in the 80s and then have the main song that you use in the trailers for it fucking Coldplay? Yeah. Use Tears for Fears or something yeah, obvious. Totally. Or just Rip on Donnie Darko. Like, just, just steal the Donnie Darko do soundtrack. It. Who cares? Yeah. 
Yeah. Huge oversight. Brian, or marketing gurus at 20th Century Fox. Brian, your last name is Singer. Why would you get someone <laughs> to sing a Coldplay song on your, on your movie? Brian Singdinger. Uh, thank you so much to Josh Guskett, Alexander Burnett. Huge question. Hamish Nolan. Uh, David Perry and Lee Chan Lam for sending us questions. If you would like to do the same, you can heyfampodcast at gmail.com or get in touch over facebook.com slash heyfampodcast. Please do. Um, look, we're running out of time. I think we should uh, maybe save the uh, Uncharted thoughts for another episode in the future. Yeah, we'll save that post-X, man. We maybe we'll need to talk about Uncharted if we're not but feeling too well after X. Have you, got, have you got maybe like three words? Three words that feel how you feel about Uncharted? Wholly satisfied. That's, that's two words? Holy satisfied, mature. All right, cool. Yeah. What about you? Three words. Pretty sick, dude. Yeah. Holy satisfied, mature. One made sense, one not so much. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to Hey Fan. We'll be back next week. Um, you yeah, can we find Angus online, Jimmy Changus, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Just I'm Lev Dog. Surfing web, always, uh, always available to chat, mind you. I'm never on away mode. So if you want to hit me up with any cues, come find me. And uh, this was really, really fun. We'd love to do a regular questions episode like this. And you can be as broad as Josh is or you can be very specific too. Um, hit us up. Heyfampodcasts hey at gmail.com or facebook.com slash heyfampodcasts. And look, live show coming soon, I guess, the next couple of months. We'll let you know first. Uh, the secret code, you know, we'll reveal that also. Uh, right the, the first letter of the first word of each Podcast. episode, which is always hey. Yeah. So it's... <sighs> Great, it's a great ne- stuff. It's, uh, it's a mouth breather. Um, and uh, yeah, be sure to check out my episode of Filthy Casuals with uh, yeah. Tommy Daslow. Of course, Angus recently did an episode of I Love Green, Gla- Green Guide Letters. Look, with, apparently uh, the longest edited episode as well. Oh, perfect. Well done. Good I'm not feat. sure if that's an insult or a, you know... Yeah, it's an insult. And uh, we've both got other podcasts, Greenlight Boys for Angus, and I've got Serious Issues and The Mitchin, the food podcast. And I've got The Deep End, my uh, soon-to-be-released pool podcast, thinking of doing the Netflix approach, dropping 20 episodes at once, just and, uh, yeah, Angus me hanging out at various pools. Angus doesn't, to- doesn't know this, but I've, um, I've actually... Uh, Started a a, a, a lawsuit. A episode? No, oh. a lawsuit to to stop this the deep end from ever ever seeing the light of day. Is that so? Wait, uh, wait, we wait. could talk about this off air, buddy. Well, I was hoping you could do my uh, Chris Hardwick reaction, the deeper end. And you know you what? Could, I'm gonna cancel a lawsuit. I'm in the shallow end. You could talk <laughs> about it. Yeah, you can do the the kiddie pool. There you go. You can Amazing. do it, and you and a bunch of kids because uh, it's not weird because you've got a son and you can <laughs> hang out there and chat about what I just did on in the big pool. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Hey, fam. We'll see you next week. See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.